The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. So today we are continuing in our diary of a disciple series. Now if you were here last week, you'll have seen some great acting. So today we're moving on to the story of um, Paul and Barnabas. Uh, who were sent on a mission, okay, uh, by the Holy Spirit. Uh, send them on a mission. And uh, we're going to go through chapter 13 and 14. Now, I know you'd be disappointed that there isn't going to be any stage acting today. I know, I know, I know. I thought long and hard about this. Um, but you know what they say about, you know, don't work with... Anyway, um, but, 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 but... I do need a couple of BTC kids. Um, they're going to try and help me read. Now, this is the book that they are going through in BTC Kids. And um, they're going to read. So, so they're going to read. Um, this is just to give you a sense of what they are reading. Okay. And um, right. So we are reading from, uh, this is chapter 13 of the book of Acts. Um, right. Okay. Go on, Nathan. Barney and Saul ended up in Antioch, and while they were there, God spoke to some of the church leaders. He told them to pray, then send Paul and Barney on a new journey, so they did. So they did. Okay, we've got another... uh, It's good. It's BTC Kids, BTC Foundations. Um, We're all together. The Holy Spirit sent Barney and Saul on a boat to Cyprus. They took John, who was sometimes called Mark, a bit confusing, right? Which them so that he could help out. And when they arrived, they told all the Jews they could find about Jesus. They even went into the town meeting places and told the people there too. Risky. Yes, very risky. Now, let's try and fast forward a little bit. Um, You see, some of the Jews were rather pleased that everyone was listening to Paul and Bernie and not to them. In fact, they were very, very jealous, so they decided to tell everyone that Paul and Bernie were wrong and said all kind of nasty things to them. But Paul, Paul and Barney didn't seem to care. They just, they just smiled and said, well, we've told you what God. Okay, thank you. Well, give them a round of applause. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, fantastic. So that's what we read in BTC Kids, just to give you a flavor. It's still the Gospels, uh, just uh, Paul and Barney. Uh, Barney to you is Barnabas, but you know, it's the same thing. So let's just quickly go through the story. So, uh, so we've got the disciples in a room. They're worshiping, they're praying, they're fasting. Holy Spirit comes and says, all right, you and you, I want you on a mission. So off they go on a mission. 
Okay, uh, first to a place called Seleucia, uh, then on to Cyprus. Okay, and then in Paphos, they meet this uh, sorcerer, magician, witch, wizard, whatever you want to call it. Okay, who is close to the governor of the place? Now, he's trying to stop uh, the governor here in the gospel. And in doing that, Paul prays, he goes blind. The governor looks at that and goes, wow, okay, this God must be special. Now, where I come from, there's a phrase it's power past power. And, and all it means is uh, there is always a greater power. Okay? And in this case, there was a greater power. The governor saw it, believed. On they went. After that, I think John left them. He went back to Jerusalem. These two, they went on. Okay? But everywhere they went, there was opposition, fierce opposition. But there was also blessing everywhere they went. Okay? Uh, they got to a, play, a place called Lystra. Um, they healed the guy. The town went, woo, this is, these are gods. And they said, Paul is Hermes and you uh, are Barnabas, you're Zeus. So they decided, we're going to sacrifice to you. And Paul and Barnabas, no, no, no. They tore their clothes and ran into the crowd. No, no, stop, don't do that. We are not gods. So all of this is happening through their mission. Or their mission impossible, or mission possible, whichever it was. So that's kind of the story. Uh, that kind of repeated itself. You know, there was a time they got stoned. Uh, they were always in fear of being beaten up uh, and uh, being chased out and everything. So that's kind of the story. Now, I read chapter 13 and 14, which is what this is covering. And um, I made some observations or, or some lessons that we can learn from this. Okay? A few lessons, about seven. We'll see how many we can cover. The very first, actually, let's look at the map. That shows you kind of where they went. And it's really between three countries, uh, modern day, today for us. I mean, Syria is still Syria. Cyprus is still Cyprus. And all of those colored bits above is kind of modern day Turkey. That's where a lot of these locations are. So that just gives you a sense of their journey. Okay. Uh, the first point, the first observation is this. God speaks when we worship. Okay. One of the quickest ways to draw God's presence is through worship, when we really worship the Lord. And we read this in Acts chapter 13, verse 1 to 3, which is part of what we read in the book there. This is the message tra uh, version, translation. And it says, The congregation in Antioch was blessed with a number of prophets, preachers, teachers, Barnabas, Simon, nicknamed Niger, Lucius the Cyrenian, uh, Manian, an advisor to the ruler of Herod, Saul, uh, one day, might be missed, yes, yeah, Saul, one day as they were worshipping God, they were also fasting as they waited for guidance. The Holy Spirit spoke, take Barnabas and Saul and commission them for the work I've called them to do. So they commissioned them. In that circle of intensity and obedience, of fasting and praying, they laid hands on their heads and sent them off. Worship is vital to the life of a Christian. You know, that's when we are essentially focusing on God and we are praising Him. And we are telling Him how wonderful and how good He is. And in doing that, He speaks to us. That's a vital thing 
Worship is not just, and that's why we often say, we're not just singing songs. We are worshiping God. Because in doing that, he speaks to us. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want him to speak to us. So we know exactly what we're doing. And in this case, God gave guidance because they sought him in worship and fasting. And fasting. We've got to add that bit. I know um, fasting is not the uh, easiest of things, but it's a necessary part of the Christian life. So that's point one. I'm going to try and move quickly so we can uh, finish on time. Point number two. The gospel is like Marmite. Some love it, but some despise it. Marmite. A fun fact. Apparently, Marmite was invented by a German scientist in 1902 by accident. Hmm. Uh, it's a spread, right, of course. And, and How many people love Marmite? Okay. About 40%. I'm not going to ask how many people hate Marmite. I just assume that if you didn't. It's a love-hate thing. There's no neutral ground. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. The lovely Marmite. Um, reminds me also of pepperami. Yeah, I think it has the same effect. It's a kind of love-hate thing. So, yeah. um, but the point is this. Everywhere they went with the gospel, people were divided. People were really divided. And it reminds me of Simeon in, in the first book of Luke, when he was prophesying over the baby Jesus. He said, this baby is going to lead to the rise and fall of many in Israel. And Jesus himself said, I've come to divide yeah. In other words, this gospel is going to divide people. It's either you're going to accept it and go, this is good news. It is salvation to those who believe. Or uh, for many, it's going to be, oh, I don't want to hear that. Get out, get out. And that's what we need to recognize. And I think the, 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 the reason we need to recognize it is so that when we are preaching the gospel or sharing our faith, and we get the reaction we don't want, that we don't think, oh gosh, why, why, why? We need to know that this is a part and parcel of sharing the gospel. Some people will receive it, and some people will not. And that should not bring us down. Let's read from Acts 13, 42 uh, to 49. So the Bible says, when this service was over, Paul and Barnabas were invited back to preach again the next Sabbath. As the meeting broke up, a good many Jews and converts to Judaism went along with Paul and Barnabas, who urged them in long conversations to stick with what they'd started, this living in and by God's grace. When the next Sabbath came around, practically the whole city showed up to hear the word of God. Some of the Jews seeing the crowds went wild with jealousy and tore into Paul, contradicting everything he was saying, making an ugly scene. Paul and Barnabas didn't back down. Standing their ground, they said, it was required that God's word be spoken first of all to you, the Jews. But seeing that you want no part of it, 
you've made it quite clear that you have no taste or inclination for eternal life. The door is open to all the outsiders, and we're on our way through it, following orders, doing what God commanded when he said, I've set you up as light to all nations. You'll proclaim salvation to the four winds and seven seas. When the non-Jewish outsiders heard this, they could hardly believe their good fortune. All who were marked out for real life put their trust in God. They honored God's word by receiving that life. And this message of salvation spread like a wildfire through the region. I think for me it's a tremendous help uh, to know that this is kind of what happens when you share your faith. Because then it means that I don't get down when I experience that reaction. Because that's not a new reaction. It's the same reaction that those who were before us had, and it's the same reaction that we will have, and it's the same reaction those who come after us will have. So what's the point of getting down about it? That's it. They don't receive it. We move on. And that links very nicely into my next point, something I really like. And uh, it's certainly a great help for me personally. And that is simply that we focus on what's in our control and you keep your head up. You know? As we read, the continuation of what we just read actually in verses 50 to 52, it says that some of the Jews convinced the most respected women and leading men of the town that their precious way of life was about to be destroyed. Alarmed, they turned on Paul and Barnabas and forced them to leave. Paul and Barnabas shrugged their shoulders and went on to the next town, Iconium, brimming with joy and the Holy Spirit. Two happy disciples. Happy disciples. They've just been harassed and forced out. And they've kind of gone, oh well, on to the next one. <laughs> happy is Larry. Not a caring what well, clearly uh, cares. But I, I, I just I love that when I read that. It's such an encouragement. It's like you've just gone to share the gospel. Go away! Oh well, da, 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 I'm off. Who's next? Actually, fantastic attitude. And for us, that's kind of what we've got to be looking at. And not kind of go when we get told to you know take a high. Oh gosh, how can this happen? I'm doing God's will, you know. I'm doing God's will. Why are people not smiling back at me? Why are they not receiving this gospel? Why can't they see what I see? Why can't they experience what I experience? I don't know. Well, they didn't. Some did, some didn't. And that's just the way it is. But it didn't stop them from preaching the gospel. They just carried on. They just carried on. And I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to focus on the blessings that come out of what we do and not so much on the bits that we don't like or the bits that are not going as we would like. And that leads me on to my fourth observation. Um, sometimes it's best to just walk away. And this is, um, as I said earlier, Everywhere they went, there was opposition. Opposition everywhere. 
And we would look at, there's a further point we'll look at when we look at the stages of the opposition they went through. Uh, but it was a part and parcel. Jesus has made it very clear. In this life, you'll have troubles. I've come to divide, okay? Some people will not accept it. Some people didn't accept it to the extent they crucified him. Why would it be different today? It can't be different because what sits behind the opposition, the devil, it's the same devil from the old days. So the strategy is still the same. That should help us. So in Acts 14, verses 4 to 7, it says this. But then there was a split in public opinion. Some siding with the Jews, some with the apostles. One day, learning that both the Jews and non-Jews had been organized by their leaders to beat them up, they escaped as best as they could to the next towns, Lyconia, Lystra, Derby, and that neighborhood, and that neighborhood. But then we're right back at it again, getting out the message. And that's why sometimes it's good to just walk away. They could have stayed. I'm doing God's will. God's with me. I'm not going anywhere. No, but sometimes wisdom comes into play. Ecclesiastes, one of my favorite books, you know, we read that there is a time for everything. Sometimes it's time to stay and dig in, and sometimes it's time to walk away, move on. And in this case, they liked it. <laughs> you know? Paul, Barnabas, there's some guys here. They set you up. They're going to beat you up. Oh, okay. I don't want that. Clearly, don't want the gospel. I'm going on to the next town. And I think, again, we can learn from that. We can learn from that because there are some situations that we need to decide it's time to walk away. It's time to walk away. Not always, sometimes. My next point, an observation, is, um, is that we ought to, be, to beware of the praise of people. Uh, I'm not going to read through, but I will put the scriptures up. It's Acts 14, 11 to 15, because I mentioned it earlier. When they healed this man, and suddenly... They're like, wow, you are great. You are gods. We want to make you gods. You are so good. You are so fantastic. You're awesome, to use an American word. Awesome. Yeah. And um, it reminded me of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, actually. There was uh, once many years ago, I was in our office, and uh, they were having trouble doing something. They were having trouble convincing someone to do something. And I thought, oh, let me have it. Let me speak to him. Now, one thing I do regularly to do with my work is I pray for God to give me two things. I pray for God to give me favor with all the people I deal with, and I pray for God to give me wisdom to know what to do in certain situations. And I pray that consistently, those two things. So in this situation, I thought, let me have a talk to him. So I spoke to him, and he decided to do it. And when I went back uh, and I said, give him a call, he'll do it. How did you do it? And, like Nebuchadnezzar, I said, because I'm great. <laughs> and I walked away. 
On my way home, I was driving, I remember very clearly on the M25, just driving, driving, driving. And then I heard these words distinctly. Remember Nebuchadnezzar. Uh-oh. Now, you know what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> For seven years, he was like an animal because he lost his mind. Because he was taking God's glory. And I had to repent immediately. Because I, clearly, I did not want to have to spend seven years <laughs> eating grass. So I immediately repented. Lord, I'm very, very sorry. Uh, clearly, it was not because I was great. <laughs> it was because God granted me favor and wisdom in that situation. And I think it's a lesson for us that there will be times that God uses you to do something. And for someone who is not a believer, or even sometimes believers, the natural reaction is to praise the messenger. You know, because they're the ones that they see. Now, it's up to us to kind of go, okay, that's not me, that's God's favor. Because otherwise, if we don't, yes. Um, clearly, Nebuchadnezzar was a bit of a stretch, but you get the picture. My sixth point is this, and this is quite important for today, is that cancel culture is not a new phenomenon. It's not new. I know every generation likes to think that its problems are kind of new. You know? There's nothing new under the sun. Cancel culture is not new. It's not a new thing. And we see in a number of these uh, scriptures, if we look at Acts 13 verse 45. The Bible says some of the Jews seeing the crowds went wild with jealousy and tore into Paul, contradicting everything he was saying, making an ugly sin. In Acts 13 verse 50 we read this. Some of the Jews convinced the most respected women and leading men of the town that their precious way of life was about to be destroyed. Alarmed, they turned on Paul and Barnabas and forced them to leave. And then in Acts 14 verse 9 we read... Then some Jews from Antioch and Iconium caught up with them and turned the fickle crowd against them. They beat Paul unconscious, dragged him outside the town, and left him for dead. And you see the progression of this opposition. First, it was about trying to counter what you are saying. Okay? Arguing against it. You're wrong. This is rubbish. You're not right. That didn't work. Then they progressed on to the next stage. We're just going to shut you up. We're going to force you to leave. We're going to make sure your voice doesn't go out. It's no longer about your view is different from mine. It is now, I don't actually want anyone to hear your view at all. Okay? That was the next stage. And then the stage after that was, that didn't work, so we're just going to kill you. Or we're going to make sure physically we harm you. Okay? And we can see that to an extent today cancer culture, where things must be shut down. It's not about your opinion is different. It's now we have to shut you down because we don't want anyone to hear what you have to say. So it's not a new thing. And again, we have to learn. We have to understand from scriptures that we are not dealing with flesh and blood. We are dealing with principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this age. 
That's where we've got to focus our efforts, and that's why we fight on our knees. Of course, we have to speak up and stand our ground, but we fight on our knees because we are not, it's not flesh and blood we're fighting. But again, it's a lesson for us that we can learn from Paul and Barnabas' journey. And the last point I want to bring is this, that um, it's good to share what God's doing with you to encourage others. Because after all of that, they came back and shared what God was doing. They didn't focus on, oh gosh, they, they chased us out, they, they planned to beat us, they nearly killed us. No, no, it's like, wow, God's doing something. And actually, the way we know God's doing something is often by the strength of the opposition that is starting to rise up. That's actually evident that God's on the move because the opposition will get stronger and stronger and more fierce because it's like, ah, because the truth convicts and people, you know, the Bible says those in darkness, you know, what happens when light comes, ah, that's just hurting my eyes. And so those things for us are lessons that we can take from Paul and Barnabas' journey, their first kind of missionary journeys. There's a lot for us to learn. And the wonder of the Bible is that we can read it to renew our minds. That's what the Bible says. We read the Bible to renew our minds, to renew our thinking. You know, there's the phrase that whoever controls the media controls the mind. Now, who's controlling your mind? The media or the word of the Lord? Yeah, it is important because that's where the battle really is. It's in the mind. That's where the battle is. And what we need to make sure is we are using God's word to renew our minds. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.